it's like today's weather. It's clear skies, no precip, no clouds, not too hot, not too cold. But I got this time window to fill. So what should we talk about? Welcome to What Is It About The Weather? Podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelanek. And this week, we're going to be talking about whisper weather. But before we get there, as always, hope you're having some good weather. I definitely had a dose of spring today. I'm going to get a little more tomorrow before I go back into winter. Now, you know, it, it is spring, meteorologically speaking. We've, we've been through this drill before. But I'm also in a region that tends to maybe follow something of what's considered the more traditional window of, you know, spring not coming around until later in the month or even around the beginning of April. Any case, today, nice and balmy, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, it just, so what, 21, 22, somewhere in that range uh, on the old Celsius scale. Pleasant, muggy. Not things I usually am thinking about this early in March, but, you know, it, it can happen. Just warm front before the cold front, I, I guess, best way I know. It's time to start thinking about that. Daylight savings time next week. All those crazy things that come with spring. Lose an hour. Not real happy. But, oh, I, you know, I, I do. I really wish we would get away from doing flipping the clocks around. I, I think we can figure out a way to make it work where we don't need to do that. Really don't think we need to. But what do I know? New satellite this week launched. Put a link in the show notes if you want to read a little bit more about it. So you've heard me mention over the past couple of years, the you know we, we've got all these new CubeSats going up, but we still have these major satellites that go up that in, instrumentation's a little more developed, a little more refined. It's the ones that give you all those cool looking images from you know like you see the whole half of the Earth and it seems like really nice resolution. Or I've heard me mention things like the lightning tracker and what well, it was even tracking meteors not too long ago or they they figured out a way to do that so the next one in line went up and i think actually one of the preceding ones is having problems with one of the instruments so i do think this one's going to go on a little quicker than maybe originally people thought it would but we'll see you can read like i said you can read about it link in the show notes I also found an interesting article about a dude named snowflake man and you know you know, that's going to catch my attention. It's a neat read if you like snow, but it was, it talks about the first person that's really kind of given credit with taking pictures of the different types of snowflakes, right? And if you've never really thought about snow, you know, you always have these things that you just cut out, you did when you were a kid or whatever else. You have this visualization of what a snowflake looks like. And many times they do look amazing like that, but. Different types of weather conditions do set up different formations of, of how the crystals form and come together. And this person was, you know, kind of one of the people that gave us some of the first good true documentation that, you know, you could capture and see those kind of different shapes and formations and that sort of thing. And I still remember I was early on in, in thinking about even going back to get a degree in atmospheric science. And I was sitting in on a class in Santiago, Chile. So I, you know, just kind of audited a class by somebody who had been teaching there a long time. And he was talking about 
just how could you not love weather when you look at all those things and the way the crystals form and all that stuff? I mean, he just, you know, he, he lost a whole lecture talking about it. And, you know, I could really relate being somebody that likes the snow. It was just kind of cool. So if you like snow, even if you don't, it's an interesting read. I highly recommend it. And like I said, this, this is one of those articles that comes from, you know, one of my feeds every week from like the American Meteorological Society. It's, I think it, this one came out of the news you can use sort of newsletter that I get every week. Sometimes some good stuff in there. Sometimes some stuff. Yeah, it's same stuff I get from a, from a variety of feeds. This one stood out because it was one that, you know, was different than the norm, if you will. All right. We're going to talk about whisper weather or quiet weather and what in the world that means and why in the world are we talking about it and you know why I even thought it was an interesting thing now you know as I mentioned before I kind of get a few different journals that kind of come my way Sometimes I, you know, the the stuff that I'm going to get in there is just not going to be relevant to to most of the audience here. And sometimes things that I think might be a good fit when I start digging around, they're not good, or ones that I may not be interested. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's the stuff I don't want to talk about, or I, I just don't find it interesting in a podcast form. Maybe it's an interesting read, or maybe it would fill one or two minutes. And and, and I do that sometimes too. I break it down and put it in the intro section. But this was one that just got me kind of thinking. And I was thinking about it from this whole AMSR thing where, you know, someone does a little crinkles on the microphone. I, I don't know if I can really even properly do that. And goes on, and there are people on YouTube that do that kind of sensory stuff for, uh, they make a lot of money doing it. Any case, that's not what we're talking about in terms of quiet weather or whisper weather, as I, I called it. But it, the article got into the fundamental idea of you have people that communicate in a field, particularly in me, like meteorology, that a lot of the time that we're communicating is what would be called downtime. You know, there, there's these situations that people live for. You know, there's a severe weather outbreak or, you know, a storm coming through or something major going on, hurricane, you know, that, that someone's tracking. Doesn't matter. It, it, whatever the big event is, right? And that l lends itself to a very specific style of communicating. And to be effective in, in what you do in, in my field, if, if, that's the kind of role you play in. You've got to be, you've got to really hone your skills and your art, if you will, towards that. Now, I've had to do some of that in the past, but more in a written capacity, which is even different than when I've gotten, you know, people that deal with an audio capacity or an audio and, and visual capacity. But then when you think about it, though, most of the time, most of the time, even when there's weather, I know my intro was like, yeah, there's nothing going on because that's what it takes for me to think there's nothing going on. It could just be the same old weather, right? And I even saw a tweet this week where somebody was talking about, I can get my seven-day forecast off an app. This really riled up the weather community. What in the world do you still, it was basically they were complaining about their local television station. Why do you guys still give two minutes or three minutes away to the meteorologist or whatever it is every hour? Number one, People still pay attention to that. And 
mindlessly, they don't have to look it up on their phone then. They can mindlessly get it in the background and it at least gives them a first order. So I'm not saying that they won't check their app on the phone. But if you've ever paid attention, quite frankly, meteorologists do get varying degrees of time windows, if you will, based on what it is they're talking about. So if it's a quiet day, they're not going to get nearly as much time to talk about as if is if something major is going on where they need more time. Now, there's, there's going to be some standard window that they're likely going to get all the time. But there's clearly some room to give and take if they don't need the full time slot. But what do you do? What do you do when there's nothing going on? And this this is not just for on-air personalities. Like I said, it, you know, when I did written stuff, it's the same thing for maybe the National Weather Service office. And this could apply around the globe, right? It's not just here in the U.S. But when you have official agencies that... You know, people count on when the severe weather's going on. And the rest of the time, you know, maybe they go look at the website to, again, check the the weather. Or they go to the app. Or maybe more importantly in this modern area, they're paying attention to them on social media, right? So, so what does a local office throw out on Twitter when nothing's going on, right? Or on their Facebook page or however they're communicating with their audience. And the article was trying to show what we might be able to do, right? When you have a chance to look at these other things, right? But it's, you know, it really got me started thinking. That's what I'm saying. I was looking at this article and it's not just when there's no storms going on. What do we do when there's no elections or no wars like we're dealing with right now, right? And just no chaos, just in general, so much of our life every day, I mean, unless we make it that way, a lot for most people, there's just big downtime, right? And some of that time we're doing things or might maybe busy working or doing things ourselves, cooking or cleaning or taking a shower. It doesn't really matter. But a lot of that time we're, we're kind of in that mode where we're absorbing, right? We're always kind of in an, a situation where we're going to be absorbing something, right? And, and that could be in conjunction with those other activities. So what do you do? And, and who are those people, quite frankly, that have an opportunity to do that? And how should they shift things? And I, and I really started thinking about grouping people in two different sort of things. Because, you know, you go in and let's say you go in and you see a doctor. Doctor doesn't get much of that. Now, a family doctor or somebody you go to for checkups, like a general practitioner, they do. And they can spend some of that time if they're just kind of reviewing the ho-hum stuff with you. You know, maybe educate you on something about maybe diabetes or blood pressure or something that may not be a big problem for you in, in the short term, but something maybe you need to keep an eye on and, and you just need to learn a little bit more about it. But it can also be other people in our lives like parents or teachers or other scientists, not just weather persons. Or even leaders, right? This could be elected officials or other people that we count on at some point, people we work for, to drive us in, it may not be an emergency situation, but a high tense situation. And how they communicate with us then is going to be very different from how they might communicate with us the rest of the time. And a weather person for most people is going to be maybe like a leader at a level in the organization that you're not connected with, or, or even though you may have voted for somebody, you don't really know them necessarily. But there might come a time when they've got to give you a directive and the relationship needs to be strong enough that hopefully you're going to act appropriately on it. Okay? 
So that kind of narrowed that subset down because you would think somebody like a, a, a parent or a teacher where there's you know, a little more, the ratios are going to be smaller, certainly with a parent, but even with a teacher and other things that I can think of, or you know, somebody, if, if you're active at a church, somebody that might be in the clergy or something, those sort of relationships are more likely going to be somebody that you maybe know a little bit more than just your average weather person, as an example. But all of us in those moments that are non-tense moments are going to be communicating differently. And and like I said, it even gets to a parent and a child as an example. You know, stuff you might do when it doesn't matter. Like, let's say you coach your kid in sports, right? And the fundament, teaching them the fundamentals so that it's ingrained so that when, you know, the pressure comes time that they're not thinking about it or they don't get nervous or they don't overthink it, that can be very important, right? And so you want to be able to get those things across when things are not tense and, and build a bond or a trust or so that when something is on the line, a game is on the line, that if you tell them something, they know that you're giving them sound advice, that they trust you to do that, right? And again, weather people a little different because I've got to communicate with somebody, even when I'm giving forecasts. A lot of times when you work in a smaller company or you have a few clients, if you will, you do develop relationships. And so they kind of know how you communicate and they can understand what you're doing and that trust will build over time or that belief in that you have... They understand how you come to your decisions. They understand how you've gotten the experience or the expertise you've gotten, right? And like I said, so the group begins a little smaller, and it could be somebody like, you know, president of the country you're in or something, and if and they're going to tell you something, or if you're in the military, that it's a commander at a higher level that you need to know when they give the order that you trust what they're doing is, is telling you the right thing, Okay. So we really get into this, you know, the human relationship, the education component, those building those common bonds and more, maybe more importantly, the trust factor, right? So what do you as a person, and like I said, this doesn't even just need to apply to weather. What do you look for when people are communicating with you during that quiet time? And it can be a podcaster. I get one of the benefits of maybe everything I do is about that quiet time component. Because none of you, well, I shouldn't say none of you, some of you do. There are, there are people here that count on me to give them individual forecast. Right? And that could be family and friends that listen and, and some other relationships I have where there's a connection and, and they'll reach out to me if they've got something going on. But for the most part, I'm, I'm feeling that other component, which is helping you understand. And, and, and maybe I, I kind of help in some ways. Maybe if you have a relationship with a weather person and they don't have the time to communicate with you, this podcast at times can give you components to help you understand how they get to that information that they are providing. So you can either trust or not trust, right? So you, you can further evaluate the quality of that bond, right? But it isn't, like I said, just me, and it's not, but, but as a podcaster, this forum kind of fits that bill. I don't know, I, I've put a link in the show notes that covers this article, but what I found interesting is they specifically picked in markets a National Weather Service office person, but also a media person. So like two people that talk to the same group, 
but really come at it from different angles. And what they would try to do, and and they, they came up with some interesting things. They kind of built this table of, you know, educating and relating and, and all those different elements that we've kind of talked about and how they would go about doing that, whether they have or not. But it was, this article was more of a primer, like, how do we do more of this in our field? And I do think there's an opportunity. We live in a time where everybody is really focused about communicating, right? Some people really figured out how to do it well and control that communication process. But there's a a lot of us that are out there that have something that we want to share that we feel is useful or educational or informational or, or just entertaining, right? That don't always know how to go about that process. And sometimes you need to, sometimes the field you're in, and this could be like emergency managers and stuff as well. If you don't know the emergency, emergency personnel around you, you know, how likely are you to act when they tell you to act, even if that, that very action is the thing that could save your life, right? So it is about building those bonds and that trust and it's well beyond the scope of weather. Any case, you can you can read the abstract if if you're interested. I can I can probably get you a, a copy of the paper. I I mean I have it. I can probably snip it for you and or send you some piece of it. But I guess what I'd really like to hear from you guys, if, if you've ever thought about that, is what do you look for from people that do communicate with you in tense moments when they've got your ear or your eyes. In those quiet times, do you find that there are specific things that you want to hear about or communication tools, I guess, or types of communication that help build that relationship? And again, what what is important to you? Is it about knowledge sharing? Is it about trust factor? Is it about you developing credibility? Is it some of all of the above? I don't know. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Again, it's not just a weather thing. It's a it's a life thing that we deal with all the time. Of course, I'm more interested in the weather angle a little bit, but I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Let me know. What is about the weather at, at gmail.com? Of course, you can find me on Twitter. Other ways to communicate with me. Find me on Twitter. Mark underscore Jelinek. What is about the weather? On Twitter as well. Yeah, you can even leave a comment. I make it kind of hard to leave comments currently in the YouTube channel. So I won't tell you to do that. Or you can do like Aaron. You can go to patreon.com slash weather and leave a comment on the post. All these things you can do. And usually you'll hear back from me. You may not hear back from me that day. And a lot of times you'll hear back from me here versus in a direct word conversation. A lot of times I do both. Not every time though. Any case, let me know. Let me know. I'd be curious to know what works for you in that quiet time. And just remember, during chaos, we like it one way. And other times, maybe we just like a few fluffy clouds in the sky. But never forget, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.